astrology is the supposed ability to tell people's fortunes from the, the, the day uh, that they were born based on the sign in the heavens. Now the funny thing about that is that the, the days of the month and the stars that go overhead change one day every 70 years. The astrologers use a, a star chart that's 2,000 years old. In those 2,000 years, the stars have actually moved 30 days. This is the Charisma Connection, and I'm Steve Green on the Charisma Podcast Network. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. In the studio with me now is a good friend and author and someone I admire. His name is Ron Allen, and he's, uh, his website is starbiblesociety.com. He's written a couple of good books, and I'm just going to let him tell you about them as we get started. First of all, Ron, thanks for joining us here in the studio. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's a real privilege to be here. Yes, sir. Well, I... Uh, we were just going to schedule this for a telephone interview, and then w- when we started thinking about all you have to say, and uh, you offered the opportunity to come here and meet with us, and it's really an honor to have you live and in the studio. So we're going to talk about your book, and I guess we'll just start right off. What is that Star Bible? Well, the Star Bible is a is a uh, a word we use to describe the the message in the heavens. You know, Psalm nineteen says that that God put His message in the heavens. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the, the stars were named by God, and the constellations were established by God. And the stars and the constellations tell the story of Jesus. It's as if we live on the floor of a great cathedral, mm. and overhead every night pass the pictures, just like in a, just like in a cathedral in, one of the, in, in Europe, over to the pictures of God's plan for humanity from the very beginning to the end, overhead every night for us That's to look Fascinating. At. And this has been with us how long? Oh, that's from the very beginning, the, the theme of the Starbucks. The knowledge, though, the, the knowledge. knowledge that you have, your discovery. Tell us where people began to suspect this. Oh, yes. Okay. When in the middle of the 19th century, archaeologists began to dig up uh, the Middle East and discover the ancient societies uh, that thrived there. When they went to uh, the area we would call Babylon or Iraq today, uh, they dug up the ancient civilizations and they found out that the the same constellations that we use today were used back then. They then began to decipher the message, the meaning of the star names, and they found that these star names tell the story of Jesus. So I've just got a natural curiosity type question. Mid 1800s, that's 1800 years later. Why did it take so long? Because obviously our forefathers learned the gospel and the stars. They de- they watch the heavens. The firmament declares the glory of God. Yes. Why did it take us so long to put this together? Well, I think it, it was a case of uh, the collapse of civilizations. Remember, a lot of this a lot of this material was encompassed in Babylon, but Babylon, if you recall, was cursed by God and it disappeared. The city of Babylon, which was like a city, say, of New York or London or Paris, uh, Jeremiah said it's going to disappear into the desert, and it did. It disappeared mm-hmm. in the desert, and nobody even knew where it was for 2,000 years, almost. Almost. So how does astrology fit into this when mm-hmm. we hear about what's your sign, what's your sign, and you, know, you look for your horoscope? None of us do that. No Christian would do that. But it's got such a take hold mm-hmm. in, this, in this country for sure. What is the 
camouflage there? Well, astrology is, is, a, is a part of a false religion that was actually developed by, I believe, by Nimrod way back, you know, in the Tower of Babel days. Astrology mm-hmm. is the supposed ability to tell people's fortunes from the, the, the day uh, that they were born based on the sign in the heavens. Now, the funny thing about that is that the, the days of the month and the stars that go overhead change one day every 70 years. The astrologers use a, a star chart that's 2,000 years old. Okay. In those 2,000 years, the stars have actually moved 30 days. Back uh, today, the spring starts uh, when the stars are in the constellation Pisces. In Julius Caesar's time, it was Aries. And back in Abraham's time, it was Taurus. So you're telling me I'm not an Aquarius. You're not an Aquarius. I'm something. You may be Leo the Crab, but you are yes. not an, you're not an Aquarius. I've been called worse names. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So tell me a little bit about why, why do you think that Satan was interested in camouflaging this and getting glory for the stars? Well, well you know, Satan was, was the worship leader mm-hmm. in heaven, and he was cast out. And uh, so the stars actually show Satan, the, the theme of the stars shows Satan's defeat. Mm-hmm. What constellation is that in? Well, it's actually in several. The, the, the ultimate defeat of Satan is in the constellation Hydra. Uh, the twelfth sign of the zodiac is 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 uh, is Leo, the mm-hmm. lion. Leo, the lion, like the lion of the tribe of Judah. And the signs of the zodiac have three other constellations with them to help tell the story and cover the sky. Underneath Leo is a picture of a snake that's mm-hmm. cut into pieces. Yes. That's the fate of Satan and his followers. And Leo tells the story of God, Jesus, returning uh, everything back to the way it should be in the universe. You told me in a pre-meeting uh, while we were talking before this thing started about the seven stars. And I'd, I'd like to hear, was it seven planets? Seven planets. Sorry, I'm old. So tell me about the seven planets. Well, part of God's revelation, not only are the you know, the star names important and the constellations, but the, the movement of the what the ancients call the seven planets. These are the visible uh, bodies in the sky that, that people can see. So there's not nine. Well, there are nine, but you can only see five, seven if you were an ancient. That's an important have, time, because, important. an important point to make to our listeners, mm-hmm. because in the days that you're speaking of, they would not have been able to see them. Correct. Yeah, this is all visual astronomy. All okay. based on visual astronomy. So name the seven, and I, I know that you've got a fascinating ability to connect that also to the days of the week. So tell us about it. Yes, okay, I will do that. Well, we can start with the sun. Uh, if, if you go to Psalm 19, which says the heavens declare the glory of God, it says the sun, it compares the sun to a bridegroom, compares the sun to a champion. Well, we know that that's a representation of Jesus. Yes. And in addition to that, the sun is the source of all light and life and on the, the earth. And it's the first day of the week. And it's the first day of the week, Sunday. Uh, next comes the moon. The Bible says in Psalm, 7, Psalm 89 that the moon is, is uh, the faithful witness in the sky. Well, that's mm-hmm. the believers. The moon is a picture of the believers. And that, that uh, is, is Monday, the second okay. day of the week. Okay. Uh, the third day of the week is named after Mars, and uh, we use, in the English language, uh, we use the Norse names for these, uh, these false deities, uh, but, to, uh, but the, the planet Mars is the, mo- the thing that comes to your mind when you think of the planet Mars is you think of the red planet. 
Well, red is the blood of Jesus. That's where our life comes from. So how did Tuesday come out of that? Uh, Tuesday, there's a Norse god named something, Tuesday. Okay. And that's where that comes from. If, right, if you good. look in sp- uh, Spanish, it's uh, Martis. Mars. Okay. Uh, good. Romance languages. Okay, we're up to Wednesday. Up to Wednesday. Wednesday is, is uh, named after the planet Mercury. Now, the planet Mercury is, the, is, a, is, is close to the sun, so for one thing, it's very hot. Uh, and also, it's, it's a morning or evening star because it's close to the sun, but it doesn't rise very high in the sky. Mm-hmm. In fact, Mercury is what the Bible calls the morning star laid low, which is a description of Lucifer. Mercury represents Lucifer. So it has nothing to do with hump day. No, probably not. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry was, about that. I was hoping that'd be in the stars somewhere. Uh, no, you got to work the whole time in the stars. Okay. Thursday. Uh, okay. Thursday is, uh, is uh, named after the planet Jupiter. Okay. Uh, Jupiter has, if, if you can visualize Jupiter, it has a large red spot on the side reminiscent of, the, of Jesus receiving the wound on the cross in the side. And, and Jupiter represents Jesus as the suffering Savior. Yes. And Friday? Friday is named after the planet Venus. Now, Jesus is the seed of woman, according to Genesis 3.15. So Venus is a, is a pagan goddess, uh, a part of the perversion of the story of the stars and, and in fact, the whole, whole story of, uh, of redemption. But, but Venus is, is the bright morning star. Uh, we know that Jesus is the bright morning star. Venus represents Jesus, the seed of woman. So we're at, uh, did we get them all? No, Saturday. Saturday. I can't forget Saturday. Seventh, seventh day Saturday is named after the planet Saturn. Now, the, the distinguishing feature of Saturn is that it has the ring. Mm-hmm. If you look in ancient uh, pictures, depictions, and even some modern pictures, but the ancient pictures, uh, a person who had a, an a evidence of kingship or holiness had a ring on his okay. head. And an ancient crown was simply a ring. Okay. So Saturn is Christ the ruler. See, Jesus comes twice. He comes once to suffer and then once again to rule. to rule. Amen. That's good. So we've got seven stars of which the sun and moon are part of them. Yes. The five planets that they could see. Yeah. And let me, let me add one more thing. The yes. outer planets... The ones you can't see. Uh, in the book of Jude, it talks about, uh, about people being uh, sinners, uh, false prophets being wandering stars mm. in a place reserved for blackest darkness. Well, that's, that's what those things represent. Wow, reserved for too. blackest darkness. You can't see them. So I'm fascinated about the first two. And obviously a lot of writers are. There's a lot of talk about uh, the moon. Not a lot of writing about the sun and its relevance to prophecy and end times. Mm. Why do you think it's all the moon and not sun? Well, the moon, of course, is is, is uh, reflection. Has come up to everybody's interest because of the of the lunar eclipses, which mm-hmm. we also call blood moons. That the series we just had in 2014 and 2015. Well, I know you have a fascinating understanding of this, and I'd love to hear you speak about it. When you hear things about the blood moon, I know that you feel some of it's an error. Tell us what you believe about the blood moon and why. We should be encouraged by them and not discouraged. Yes, I'd be happy to do that. Well, the place to look and try to understand what blood moons mean is in the scriptures themselves. Okay. Um, there's a, you know, the moon, again, is the is, is, uh, faithful witness in the sky. So the moon represents believers. And, you know, the moon doesn't have any light of its own. It just reflects light from Ooh. the sun. 
So like us, we have no light of our own. We just reflect Jesus. Okay. And the, uh, so what happens when there's a lunar eclipse? Well, when there's a lunar eclipse, the, the sun is on the opposite side of the earth from the moon, and the earth's shadow blocks uh, the moon. The moon moves into the earth's shadow. And when it does that, it doesn't turn black. It, what happens is the sunlight refracts through the atmosphere of the earth, creating a reddish color on the moon. Hence, it's called a blood moon because mm-hmm. it looks like it's covered with blood. So, and it means bad things going to happen, right? Wrong. Wrong. Well, what happens when, when we're covered by the blood? When, we're, we're, when we're the forgiven. believers are covered by the blood, if you go look in Revelation 12, it says they overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Mm-hmm. So a blood moon is a sign not of disaster or despair, but of overcoming. Overcoming sin. Overcoming sin. Overcoming the accuser of the brethren, the enemy. So every time we see a blood moon, we're to be reminded of salvation. Well, salvation is another one. In, in, uh, in Joel, who was quoted by by Peter mm-hmm. on the day of Pentecost, uh, the, the scripture says uh, that before the day of the Lord, which is the second coming of Jesus, there will be some things that happen. It says there will be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then it says there will be signs in the heavens, which include eclipses of the sun. The sun turns dark. That's an eclipse. And and the moon is covered with blood. So the covering, the, the blood covering of the moon is a sign that accompanies outpouring of the Holy Spirit and salvation. We're visiting with Ron Allen. You can find his website at starbiblesociety.com. I'm going to continue. We're not going to have any commercial breaks in this message because it's so powerful, and I want to keep our flow. So, sir, if you could take it forward, if if I understand what I hear you saying, that the blood moon should signal revival. It should signal that God's up to something. That's correct. That's correct. And, and as part of the research for my book, I went back and researched the blood moons, all of which have happened since Exodus. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been 14, not counting this last batch. Okay, tell us. Tell us more. The most recent of the blood moon, and, and let, me, let me correct a little bit, the lunar eclipses are, are, are not rare. You get about 65 lunar eclipses in a century. Lunar eclipses that fall on the Jewish feast days, that's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And in a century, you'll get about 10 lunar eclipses that fall on Jewish feast days because Jewish, the Jewish calendar is lunar. That means when the moon is dark, that's the first day of the month. When the moon is full, that's the 15th of the month, the middle of the month. Okay. And, when, and the, a lunar eclipse can only occur on the 15th of the month. So, so the Jewish feast days of Passover and Tabernacles are on the 15th of the month. I understand. So for two out of 12 months, you're going to get a blood moon that would happen on a, on a Jewish feast day. Okay. So there's about 10 of those. But what we're talking about here is more unusual than that. We're talking about when you have four blood moons in a row on, Jesus, on Jewish feast days. That has only happened 14 times in the last 3,500 years, plus this last time, 15 times in 3,500 years, which implies that it's, it's uh, very rare. So what does it mean? So what does it mean? Well, God is getting ready to do something. We, I went back and researched the previous 14 uh, blood moons. The last one uh, that occurred was in blood moon tetrads. The last one that occurred was in 67 and 68. And in 1967, we saw the beginning of the charismatic renewal. The charismatic renewal 
began in 67, and there are now 600 million charismatic Christians who came out of that revival. That is a, the blood moon was a sign of that revival. Yes. Right. Okay. What else? What else? If you go back before that. I'm looking for the revival, the message that what we should see when we look at that blood moon. Right. Did you, when you looked at it, were you in awe? Did you get excited about it? I did because God, it, you know, the blood moon doesn't determine things. It, no. it just, it's a sign from God that something is happening and something is happening right now. Uh, I believe, let me explain why I think that's true. There was a blood moon in history that, that uh, I think we know about. It was uh, in the year 5 B.C. on Passover. Mm-hmm. There was a blood moon on that, on that night, and the moon was in the feet of the constellation Virgo. Well, the, in, in, uh, in Revelation chapter 1, a great and wondrous sign appeared in the heavens, which was a woman clothed in the sun, that's the constellation Virgo, with the moon in her feet. That's a picture of the night sky when that, that blood moon occurred. Okay. Also in 5 BC, on, at the, on the month of Passover, the Chinese observed the star of Bethlehem. And these things happened just about the time Jesus was born. Most people believe Jesus was born in 5 B.C. So these were actually signs of the birth of Jesus. Now, the birth of Jesus started something. 30 years later, 34 years later, Jesus died on the cross. And and as he said, it is finished. So the blood moon is a sign of something starting. It's like the baby Jesus. Jesus started small, but when he grew up, the kingdom of Darkness shook. When the charismatic mm. revival started, it started small, just a few people. But when it got going, the whole world shook. Amen. And that's that's what So continue with your thoughts of revival and some special age dawning. What are you feeling? Well, um, no, if if you're it's early in the it's early sure. uh, in the Blood Moon revival, but I believe that there are some events that occurred in the year 2014 which are enormously significant. Tell us about some. Uh, I think the most significant event that occurred, uh, Blood Moon or no, in 2014 was a a video that Pope Francis sent to Kenneth Copeland. Hmm. That's uh, Pope Francis was was uh, asked to, to, uh, by, by a uh, ministry friend of ours to, to prepare a, just a greeting for Kenneth Copeland. But he prepared a video off the cuff telling the world, as well as Kenneth Copeland and all the pastors there, that it was time for us to be brothers and to worship together, to love each other, and to come together. Now, we're not talking about coming together governmentally and not even doctrinally. There's doctrines that people have that we don't, mm-hmm. you know, we're not going to agree with, but we're brothers. If you're in Christ and I'm in Christ, then we're united in Christ. And so when, when the Pope sent this video to Copeland, Copeland responded, a number of other pastors, evangelical, charismatic pastors have responded. There is a growing movement of Christian unity, unity based on Christ, being united in Christ. And it's, it's, I believe that is the start of a great revival, which I am praying will match the charismatic revival of 1967. That's a good prayer. Yeah. It was Jesus's prayer. He said, if, we're, if we ever come together, John 17, we, he so prayed. Yeah. Do you see signs? Do you see anything that gives us hope that this is happening? Oh, yes. Yes. Like Tell I me. Said, well, the, the, uh, something now, what do you see? What, what do I see? What's going on? What's going on? Well, we had 
We had uh, uh, Kenneth Copeland, James Robinson, John Arnaud all travel to the Vatican, meet with the Pope. They're working together, talking to each other. Uh, up in Canada, we have a branch, United Christ has a branch in Canada. There are historic meetings going on between Catholic priests, Catholic cardinals, Catholic bishops, and leaders like John Arnaud in Canada. The truth is the United States is a little behind the curve on this, but we're, we're trying to catch up. But we're trying to get the leaders together. And, you know, the, the people have always wanted to be together. We, mm-hmm. we, we uh, have some very good friends. I, I'm a non-denominational Christian, and we have some wonderful friends that have a Catholic charismatic community in Dallas. Well, they always, they've always invited us to come, and we've always had the most wonderful fellowship when we were together. And, and uh, you know, the bishop has come and blessed, blessed this, and the uh, Christian leaders have blessed it. It's, a, it's, it's like finding a new part of your family. It's just exciting. It's wonderful. So tell me more about this video. I'd love to direct. Do you know that if it's on YouTube or accessible? Well, it is on YouTube. Now, we have a website for the ministry United in Christ, which I'm affiliated with, unitedinchrist.net. If you go on unitedinchrist.net, you United can find it. .net. yeah. Yeah. And there's a video there. That's, you, can find it, you can find the Pope's video on that website. Yes. Okay. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's movie. Uh, we, when it first came out, we would, we would have meetings in 2014, and people just cried. They just cried. Well, sure. They're blessed. Mm-hmm. So, brother, you're a, a, a minister, you're a, you're a writer. I mean, not a minister in a pulpit, but we all are ministers so in ministers, that context. Yeah. How do you share this news day to day? What is your hope that you deliver to this generation and to these young guys here in this room? What do you say to them? Well, I believe that we are, we're, we're not at the end of history where we need to go hide out. We are in the age of the harvest. This is the best time ever to be alive. God is adding to the church the best, biggest, huge revivals are going on. You know, when the, the communists took over China in 1949, there was a million Christians, and they said, oh, they're all going to be killed. There's 130 million Christians in China today, mm-hmm. you know, and they'll put us to shame because they are, they are on fire for the Lord. You know, they're, the, God is moving all over the earth and we need to be so part of it. we don't have any reason to be in fear, hunker down, bury food, those kinds of things. No, it's, 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 it's against what God is doing. God wants us to be out mixing it up and bringing people into the kingdom because he's building his church. You know, I, I, uh, in my book, I mentioned the, the, the fifth seal in Revelation where the, the martyrs are in heaven and they ask God, when are you going to stop this? And God says something very significant. He says, when the number is finished. God has a number in mind for the church. Yeah. And it's a big number. And right, so I just don't think that God is going to cut off the salvation and the evangelization of millions and millions of people. What I actually think is that, you know, the world's going to get worse. We know that. And somebody's going to punch the button one day and a bunch of nuclear missiles are going to be sent off and God's going to come back and stop it to save a few more lives. And that's when Jesus will be back. It may not be 100 years. But. So I want to ask you a question. If people who are listening today, would you give away your copy of the Stars book online? Yes. Seriously? Yes, I would. I want them to know. I All want right. to get the message out. Let's get them to your website right now. So give me the URL to find the Stars book. The Stars book is at, uh, it's, you, have, you may have to help me with that. It's at, 
Starbiblesociety.com? Starbiblesociety.com. Okay, here we go. Starbiblesociety.com. And then if you go there. C, yeah, it's, there's a more, there's CM slash CM, right? Yeah, that would show that they came from us. Yeah. So if you'll backslash CM, they'll shake our hands right and say, yeah. you're doing a good job of, of connecting us. But listen to me, folks that are that are listening to this podcast. This is a book you want to download. You want to read this. It'll encourage you. It'll inspire you. It'll help you. There's also a book that you've written called The Mystery of the Blood Moons, and which is basically what you've been hearing today. You've been hearing about it and around it. And I would strongly encourage you to dive into this book. You can read chapter one right there on this website. Chapter two. You yes. skipped a chapter. I did. Yes. My, you're so tricky. Yeah. Chapter two is better. <laughs> chapter two is the better book, better <laughs> chapter. So you're going to get chapter two of The Mystery of the Blood Moons free, and you're going to get the Stars digital book absolutely free. So if you go to starbiblestudy.com right now and backslash CM, if you'll do that, you can get a copy of Chapter 2 of The Mystery of the Blood Moon, and you'll also get a free download of the entire book on his study of stars. Do you have some last encouraging takeaways for our listeners, some things that would give us all hope? In fact, tell me about anything you know or feel about coming revival. Where is it going to happen? Where do I need to hang out? Well, I think God wants to bring his church together. Jesus prayed that we would be one. And, and you know, Jesus knows we're not going to agree with each other on our, on our, on our, dial, on our doctrines. And, and really, you know, that's, that's not important as long as we're in Christ. If you're in Christ and I'm in Christ, then we're united in Christ. Mm-hmm. And what you want to do is find somebody in a different stream and meet them, get to know them, work with them, pray with them. God, Jesus said, once the world knows that we get along as Christians, then they'll also know that God sent him. I believe if the Christians can get together, work together, pray together, you know, not just smile at each other, but actually have intercessory prayer, worship together, pray together, that the world will know and a great revival will break out. Should I head to Brownsville, Toronto, Azusa? Where's it going to be? Come on. Well, it should be everywhere. It should be everywhere. What What we're hoping to do is to bring bring some leaders in the United States together. There is going to be a meeting in Augusta, Georgia next year in the Alleluia community, of a uh, Catholic charismatic community up in Augusta, Georgia. It won't Georgia. coincide with the Masters in Augusta, right? Uh, no, I, mean, I don't no. think it will. No. <laughs> I don't think that. it will. And, and we're we, we going to bring the, try to bring Christian leaders together. And as the leaders come together, the, the, the followers, the, the people can come together. You know, you don't have to do much to just have a worship service that, that, that encompasses other Christians. My wife is a prayer leader in Dallas, and we've made a conscious effort for years to invite people from, from many different streams to all come together and pray for our city. Mm-hmm. And that, it's been enormously effective. They, they've prayed tornadoes away from the city, mm-hmm. which, which in Texas is a big deal. Need do that. Yeah. So God answers our prayers. God is moving. And just don't miss it. Well, you've encouraged us. You've encouraged our listeners. It's been an honor and a privilege to have you in the studio here at Charisma Podcast Network. Having you in here live has really helped to inspire me, to encourage me to know that there's there's more ahead and it's good. And that God means what's happening now to be for good for us. And I'm excited about it. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Ron Allen, StarBibleSociety.com backslash CM. You can get chapter two of his book, The Mystery of Blood Moons, and you can get the entire book downloaded about stars. 
So it's been an honor. It's been a great day. You've been listening to Charisma Connection. I'm Steve Green on the Charisma Podcast Network. God bless you. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible. 